Welcome to another edition of Into the Foxhole. I am always Will Fox, joined by my brother John in the WFOX studios. John, how are we? I'm doing just dandy, Will. Just, just dandy. dandy. Mm-hmm. I think you said peachy last time, so I'm trying to figure out where the relative standard standards of a dandy and peachy are. But Will, we'll we'll figure that out later. Yeah, I'm, I guess. Tr- I'm trying to one up my wordsmanship, but I don't know if I'll be able to top dandy next time. You know? <laughs> we'll see. Exactly. Maybe get a word of the day, uh, word of the day app. See yeah. what see what you come up with. <laughs> or a thesaurus. Or a thesaurus. <laughs> How are you feeling today, John? I am lacrimose. <laughs> <laughs> Serendipitous. I am feeling draconian. Uh, joined today on this episode of Into the Foxhole is Jack Gorman from the mighty down south land of Dixie, Atlanta, Georgia. Jack, happy to have you on the podcast. Hey, it's a pleasure being here. Yeah, Jack, we are finally going back to the equilibrium of the podcast. And by equilibrium, I mean solely my friends being on the podcast, as we, as we have noted the disparity. Yeah, I just want to point out that Will's got a pretty big monopoly on deciding the guests. <laughs> I, I mean, I just feel like I, I, he, he acts like I don't have friends. They're as out a, there. <laughs> they're, they're out there. What are they like? They're out there, spread out there like a like a like a, like a Horcrux. Yeah, they got you things just have to, to do. Find them. <laughs> yeah. Oh, they have things to do yeah. now of all times. Yeah, places to be. Hey, they literally Nebraska have no is one of eleven states to not go. Uh, what you call it? Shelter, in shelter place. in place. So <laughs> they, they could be up to something. Rick gets, Rick gets, Rick yeah. gets. Exactly. Uh, sheltering in place, though, in the state of Illinois, is our current situation and how are we going to pass the time john oh well we're gonna pod we're potting we're potting pod till we die you know it's like it's like hammocking you're you're mocking have you ever heard that (laughs) wait what (laughs) okay so this i I don't know if you two may not have dealt with as many minnesota people as i have in college but they call hammocking mocking mock Mocking. Mocking. It makes no sense. I feel like that would cause some sort of like Abbott and Costello feud where someone says, Oh, I'm going to like I'm going to do to mock over there and stuff like that. And you'd be like, What, you're trying to like insult or something like yeah, that? No, you uh, can get pissed. Pretty mm-hmm. stupid phrase. Yeah, oh, very. I'm not on I'm not on team mocking, but I just thought you little little Minnesota trivia for y'all. Also, how often can they hammock in Minnesota? Like two months a year? The Great White North. The Great White North. Okay. Before I get down this mocking <laughs> rabbit hole, Jack, you want to tell us what we're going to go over on the pod today? Yeah, sure. We'll be talking about uh, one of Chicago's uh, very own and probably one of the greatest uh, you know, figures people know from Chicago, uh, Ferris Bueller, and his day off. Let's go. I said it before and I'll say it again. Life moves pretty fast. You don't stop and look around once in a while. You could miss it. What is so dangerous about a character like Ferris Bueller is he gives good kids bad ideas. Why should he get to skip school when everybody else has to go? Syphilitic meningitis. He never gets caught. This guy in my biology class said that if Ferris dies, he's giving his eyes to Stevie Wonder. Well, he's very popular, Ed. I recall Central Park in fall. Ferris Bueller, do you know him? Yeah, he's getting me out of summer school. They think he's a righteous dude. Think he'll be alive this weekend? I can see him denying popular beliefs, setting off on some impossible mission. Jeopardizes my ability to effectively govern this student body. He does whatever he wants. You know, as long as I've known him, everything works for him. Whatever he wants. He's very cool. And he never gets nailed. Ferris can do anything. Oh, he's such a sweetie. Wake up and smell the coffee, Mrs. Bueller. 
It's a fool's paradise. He is just leading you down the primrose path. Matthew Broderick. Bueller. Ferris Bueller. Ferris Bueller's day off. Because life is too beautiful a thing to waste. About time we it's about time we injected our classic Chicago, you know, our Chicago bias into the podcast, John. Yeah, episode 20 is just the Chicago dog. I mean, we do an entire review of the Chicago dog. It's two and a half hours. Who do we bring on for <laughs> two and a half hours? There is no intermission. We spend 30 minutes on celery salt. Yeah, it's it's a lot, but who will you review, yeah, you review all the places uh in yeah. the North Shore and then you move your way up the city and then down south to Southside, every single place has to be reviewed. Oh my yeah, god! Obviously, I mean, this know. might be a two-hour <laughs> anthology. <laughs> it's, I mean, it's all about the journey, you know. It is all about the journey. What's the best part of a Chicago dog? Uh, pickle. I just like pickles. Jack, what's the best part of a Chicago dog? Oh, I think for me, it's the mustard. I mean. Uh, the fact that, you know, I hate when people outside of like, you know, come, you're just in general, they put freaking ketchup on their hot dog. Like mm-hmm. that, I just, I get a little angry. So I think the mustard really shines through as the condiment um, mm-hmm. in the Chicago dog. All right, I think Will is, Will is shivering right now because he's he's a big proponent of ketchup on hot dogs. <sighs> that's that's a yes. That's a yeah. That's a I mean, now mm-hmm. I'm on, I'm on team mustard now too, but uh, I am. Embarrassed to say that I am, I firmly put ketchup on my hot dogs for the past twenty three years. Yeah, I think I think the big thing is like it's it's like ketchup is for children, oh. and I think mustard is for adults. Because oh. I think once you like taste the mustard, and once you like get to like like have the mustard, you're like, oh, this just tastes better on a hot dog. I will I will yield the argument that ketchup is a safe sauce. It's, it's, it's soft. Soft, 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 soft. It's a soft sauce. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. The answer for me, though, is definitely also a uh, pickle, mm-hmm. though you really can't underlook uh, good sweet peppers or hot peppers, depending on what you want uh, on your dog. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the Chicago dog of movies we're talking about here, as Jack mentioned, Chicago's very own Ferris Bueller. Uh, Ferris Bueller's Day Off. John, when, when do you think it was the first time you saw Ferris Bueller's Day Off? Um. Well, this is a classic TV movie. Classic this TV movie. classic TV movie. But, so I'd have to say, first time I ever saw it was probably when I was like 12. 12? Something like that. I, w- I would say about 7th, 6th, 8th grade. Some, somewhere around that range. But I, I don't know if I watched it in full until high school, though. Hmm. Interesting. Jack, when do you think the first time you uh, saw Ferris Bueller? And talk about like why it kind of caught your fancy. Uh, that's a hard one for me, personally. I mean, I think... I can't even remember the first time I've seen it, but it's like, I mean, you know, what came first, watching Ferris Bueller or walking? <laughs> uh, I mean, I don't know. I think it just really it catches my eye just because there's, there's threefold. You know, I think it uh, when you're younger, it was really cool, kind of the funny, quirky stuff because you can really appreciate it as a kid. Um, and then kind of moving on into when you're, you know, in high school, it's like, oh, this is, you know, Chicago. I can represent my city. And then, now I think it kind of shows, you know, I watched it just recently. I think it shows like the simplicity 
um, and enjoying the moment. And I think that's kind of what the movie represents, in my opinion. That's why I enjoy it so much. Oh, yeah, totally. Uh, totally. The the whole emphasis, I mean, it's something we'll probably go into a lot on the podcast, but emphasis on living in the moment and kind of the dark, deeper themes. Uh, before we get too deep into the podcast, talking about deeper themes, I just want to put out a disclaimer here. This is going a disclaimer for the entire podcast today. Um, for all the Jack Talagas that will be listening to this podcast, I'm sure Jack... Uh, John and I are going to be referring to Chicago as our city a lot or our home city. And I just, in anticipation of some backlash from people who may have lived within the strict city limits, uh, John, you want to tell us where all three of us grew up? Yeah, we grew up, we're, we're, we're northern suburbs, you know, there's there's nothing wrong with it, but also if you're from Wildwood or Saucanash and you say, I'm from this city, like, you're you're as bad as us, you think you're better, you're not, you you, you are, you are worse, and you, because you think that you live in the city just because you're, just because you're stupid telephone numbers and stuff like that, but you know, it's, we are, we are all suburbs and proud suburb people in, in, in this place. Yeah, I, uh... yeah, just to add on to that, I mean, if you're living two blocks from, you know, the, the city limits, uh, not much of a difference between, you know, the suburbs versus uh, downtown, like downtown Chicago. If you can hawk a loogie and it can hit Tui Avenue, you're as close to the suburbs as it gets. Mm-hmm. And Jack Talaga, and this is this is a personal this is a personal attack on you. Uh, great longtime listener of the pod, Jack. We love you on the pod. Um, but yeah, so it is, I mean, and we're going to be talking about this kind of as our home city, uh, you know, throughout the podcast, just because of, you know, the affinity we have for the movie and the pride it gives you when you watch it, like yeah. pride in the city of Chicago. I mean, yes, we're not, we don't live downtown, but, you know, we we are downtown a lot. I mean, you are, I mean, you, you got Cubs, you have Wrigley Field in it, which is, you know, place we've all frequented many a time as well as you know just the strict downtown area you know mag mile stuff like that you know shopping on the mag mile shout out the mag mile you know want to get get new get new ascot on the mag mile you know i went to the polo store the ralph lauren you know (laughs) just decided to drop like five figures on a shirt and so i was i was i was you know feeling it five figures Mm -hmm. is that five figures including the the sense yeah (laughs) um why don't we uh, catch up our listeners up to speed onto a little bit of the nuts and bolts of the movie, Jack? If you want to go over kind of some of the some of the more some of the plot lines or I guess the threads of the movie and talk about kind of what happens, what goes on. Yeah, sure. So I think you know it's how it starts and why it starts. You don't know, but uh, I think the opening scene really sets the place. Is that Ferris doesn't want to go to school. He's a second semester senior. He's you know, ready to kind of see all that has to offer. And so he uh, plays sick and he uh, pretends to uh, fool his parents. And, you know, he recruits his uh, best friend, his girlfriend, uh, reluctantly to come along with him. But uh, it's definitely not an easy path as he's got some enemies in his uh, sister. I believe it's the principal. Um, the I dean of students. I don't remember mm-hmm. his name, Wayne Rooney, but mm-hmm. is the principal or is it the... It's or, the dean of students, uh, I believe. Okay, Dean of Students, yeah. Mm-hmm. So pretty pretty similar, I would yeah. say. The proverbial the proverbial Peg Culhane. Yeah, we all we all look at him as Peg Culhane. Peg Culhane. Yeah, exactly. I mean <laughs> 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 But I mean, yes. Variable I mean, principal, Dean of Students, same thing. Tomato Tomato, yeah. Yeah. But uh yeah, I think um, you know, he kind of shows you everything really if you were to take a friend to downtown to the city. 
Uh, I think Ferris hits all the highlights of uh, a good a good time to see Chicago. So um, I think it's a good uh, just overall, just a lot of fun things going on in that movie. Yeah, and I think that was kind of like an important thing. This is a John Hughes movie. John Hughes directed and wrote, I believe. Uh, John Hughes, famed Chicago director, famed 80s director. If it's an 80s comedy, John Hughes probably has a hand in it. Uh, director, writer of Home Alone, Planes, Trains, and Automobiles, Uncle Buck, just to name a few. Uh, National Lampoon. National Lampoon. Which National Lampoon? Oh, National Lampoon. Just uh, pretty much American vacation. 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 vacation, vacation European movies. vacation. Christmas vacation. So uh, John Hughes has talked about this as being sort of a love letter to the city. And Jack, you're completely right in saying like they do everything you would do with a friend who's coming out of town, like to visit Chicago for a weekend. And they managed to do it all in an afternoon, which obviously is crazy. We might have to go into the timelines of this day, you know, poke a little holes. But I think this is also like what whenever I describe what to do in Chicago, there are three things that come to mind that are world class. It is the Art Institute of Chicago, world-class institution, Wrigley Field, world-class place to, uh, you know, social event, sports, however you want to call it, world-class venue for that. And the Sears Tower, just a world-class building, feat of architecture, which goes along with the whole skyline. Yeah. And and they and this movie, those are the three. Those are three of the things they do. That's just like the it's three no co- big things. It's, it's no coincidence. Uh, yeah, they kind of hit them. Yeah, and they yeah. do. Yeah. I would say, like, for me, the three, you know, when I, I had my buddies all come in from Chicago, it's like, the three things you got to do is, like, one of them definitely was Wrigley. You go to a game. Uh, two, you know, you go downtown and you do, like, an architecture boat ride. I think that's cool. a must nowadays, especially with all the, you know, kind of cool things going on downtown. And the third one is uh, going to uh, the Wiener Circle, for me, at least. <laughs> that's, that's up there the thing to do for, you know, your Chicago trip. Yeah, they they're they're starting to know Jack's name down at the Winter Circle. A frequent frequent member of of the establishment on uh, on Belmont and and downtown. Um, and I feel like that's you know if if you get your name known by those people, the Winter Circle, that's like a, that's like as a Chicagoan as it gets. I think you can't yeah, top that. that. that like, as like if anybody ever calls you out, just say that, and it's just like oh, you can't you cannot top that. Exactly. Talaga. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Love you, Talaga. Thanks for listening on the pod. Um, hey, great guy. Great guy. <laughs> <laughs> Just a good guy. Yeah, I mean, this, this two-hour attack that will rain on Talaga. Don't, don't take that as anything <laughs> against him. Exactly. Nah, this man. is just guys. This is just guys, yeah. you know, um, uh, giving each other shit, mm-hmm. so to speak. Uh, yeah, probably. All you could have some friendly banter in there. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Love some friendly banter. He can take it. Yeah. Uh, and interspersed with, obviously, the main focus of the movie and what we're going to talk a lot about is uh, the city. But interspersed is the, you know, our, what we're, our domain, John. It's the suburbs. We do get a lot of, like, that look into Chicago suburbia, Chicago suburban life. Uh, the yeah. high school, you want to talk about where the high well, school shots were, the high school scenes were shot? I, I'm sorry. <laughs> Research <laughs> department. No, no, I do not. I, I, I do not want to. They were shot at Glenbrook North High School. Ah, GBN. GBN. Uh, okay, okay. Classic team that I'm sure we all faced in our days with uh, Loyal Academy Athletics. This is true. This is true. This is very true. But I mean, yeah. Yeah, that's also a thing about whoever, like the Chicago people. Ferris Bueller's from the suburbs. You can call Ferris Bueller yeah, not Chicago? Yeah, you can say that yeah, that's not Chicago. Ferris Bueller's in Chicago. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I dare you to go after fans. He's from Wildwood, you know? No one. Wildwood ad. We have Bill Murray. Will Matt, Bill Murray. Charlton Heston. Charlton Heston. We uh, got 
Bill Murray is as Chicago a celebrity as you can get. I will, and I will stand by that. You know who they showed when the Cubs won the World Series? Bill, Bill Murray. freaking Murray. Went to the same I mean, grade yeah, school. I saw another so proud Chicago guy mm-hmm. that's actually from the suburbs. Yes. You know? So. He went to he, that man went to Lake Forest, and are you, are you, we're giving him the pass. <laughs> we're, yeah, we're giving him a pass. His school was closer to Wisconsin than it was to the city limits. <laughs> uh, oh man! And so, so yeah, so it obviously starts out the, the beginning and the ending of the movie take place in suburban Chicago uh, with scenes interspersed as we follow uh, Ferris's sister, Ferris's Jeannie. sister, Jeannie, Jeannie, Jeannie. Yeah, but she goes by Shauna. Wait, what? <laughs> but my friends call me Shauna. Wait, what? Is you know, that in the? That's a line in the. Film. Is that in the? Is that when she's in the uh, prison? Yeah, it's with uh, Charlie Sheen. With Charlie she goes, Sheen. She's like, my name is Jean, but my friends call me Shauna, and you just hear like music in the background, Shauna. <laughs> like, like it's pretty, yeah. That's pretty funny. Yeah. Great, great Charlie Sheen uh, appearance in the movie. Would you agree, Jack? Yeah, I would say uh, you know it's like. He really portrays, if you take, like, Charlie Sheen's craziness uh, now as, like, a 17-year-old, you know? He's like, oh, what are you in here for? Drugs? And it's like, wow, you're really staying on the same path you are for the next 30 years. It's like if Charlie Sheen didn't go and do Platoon in a couple of years, he just continued, like, he went to jail and was, like, in and out for petty crimes, like, petty theft, drugs, etc., for the next 30 years. And then, bam, drinking Tiger Blood, 2010. That was quite a moment, John, wasn't that? Mm-hmm. Remember when Sheen had his moment? Yeah, I remember his moment. Charlie yeah. Sheen's moment was crazy. Yeah, he's winning. He was wi- people winning. People forget winning. People, people. Episode ex- episode 68 on the pod is going to be winning. What? <laughs> We're just doing a whole episode on the Charlie, Charlie Sheen, Sheen movie. It was a big cultural impact. It was mm-hmm. huge. Massive. It was like an entire like season. You know? but, <laughs> but the thing is, I feel like, that's like that was right on the edge of when culture really started to speed up and so many things started to happen. So it's just gotten lost in the shuffle. Now he's just a sad old man. Yeah, I don't think I've heard Charlie Sheen's name in like the past two years. So he's just definitely like a man of old times, you know. <laughs> man of old I'm, times. Actually, I have heard Charlie Sheen recently in the news, not for good things. Oh. Corey Feldman, if you guys from from movies such as. Uh, I'm thinking of movies with Corey Feldman. I think he's in Back to the Future, isn't he? Isn't he the... Uh, Corey Feldman? No. Corey he's in... Oh, Let me look him up. Corey Feldman. He's like an old, like, 80s, like, or like... It's stuff 80s like that. comedy. Yeah, exactly, but... No, I've never seen this guy before in my life. He, uh, oh, I, I... He's in that... Uh, what's that Stephen King about the four kids? Oh, he's in um, uh, Stand By Me? Yeah, he's in Stand By Me. That's what... Uh, he's in Stand By Me, The Goonies, stuff like that. All right. He has claimed that uh, Charlie Sheen sexually assaulted him as a child. So so Charlie Sheen has not been in the best of light recently, you know? Oh, well, if we're also going to talk about checkered futures, (laughs) uh, the actor who played uh, principal or Dean Rooney uh, was later, later got, I believe uh, was charged uh, for sexual harassment of a minor by forcing a minor to take nude photos. John, we've talked about many, many a controversy on the podcast. we always address it head on. Yeah, obviously we can't. We don't like to beat around the bush with this stuff. I mean, we are not afraid to come after these actors that you don't really see that much anymore, such as Phil Lewis in reference to our first episode on the pod, and now with uh, with Mr. Jeffrey Jones. But yeah, possession of a uh, child pornography. Ooh, not Oof. a and 
and like you look at the guy in the film and you're like and you're not surprised exactly you know, that when, kinda, this, when this news came you out you can connect the dots there yeah you, isn't nobody was just like no way when that happened you know yeah hey, i know i know you mentioned uh phil lewis and i uh as a you know a good podcast uh, guest i did my research on the movie and uh while coming across it, um, you know, Matthew Broderick also had a very similar incident. Uh, not He wasn't uh, drunk, but he did kill somebody while, uh, you know, driving a car. So, Oh, wow. Um, yeah, it's uh, not well known, I guess. But, I mean, maybe it is well known, but at least I didn't know about it. And so uh, it's pretty interesting that, you know, you can kind of get away with that if you're a Ferris Bueller. Jack, when our guests hold themselves to the high standard that we as podcast producers do. That's what makes golden content. And that's what makes us proud. And Jack, that is a great, we are uncovering, we are bringing these shocking events to light. And this, what are you, is everything I'm, okay? I'm looking at the story behind this and it's not good. Oh. <laughs> oh. The best part too is that about this is that I didn't know this either is that, uh, you know, his sister in the movie yeah. was actually his girlfriend. And yeah. I didn't know that. Um, and they like were engaged, and so I, I just thought it was really funny that because of this incident they broke up. But not, not funny, I bet. Not, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but no, I, I just it, it's something I never really realized, especially because I always thought like you know, Matthew Broderick was with uh, Sarah, Sarah Jessica Parker. Mm-hmm. Um, so it was just kind of an interesting, uh, you know, turn of events of you know Ferris Bueller, uh, you know, having the you know positive, uh, cheery attitude to being. Uh, potentially the murder, yeah, not murder, but manslaughter, manslaughter, or yeah. I mean, it's obviously it's it's. I don't want to. It's so he killed two people in this crash, which Whoa. doesn't help. But he was sober. He was vacationing with Jennifer Grey, plays his sister in the in the film. Jennifer Grey, also known as her role in Dirty Dancing. Oh, uh, okay. Is she, she has, baby. She's baby. In okay, Dirty gotcha. Dancing. So she has like two movies, yeah. but she, she like kind of hit it out of the park with those two movies. You know, uh, can how how much. How more eighties do you get than those two roles? Yeah, that's I mean Wait, was Dirty Dancing in the eighties or nineties? Yeah, it's eighty six, eighty seven. Oh, thank mm-hmm. God. Whoa, eighty six, eighty seven. Yeah, two, two, two years. Can we talk about the Jessica Yeah, peak years. Can we talk about the Jessica Gray Rod? Jennifer Gray. Jennifer Gray? I'm sorry, but this is Jennifer Gray or Jennifer Grayest. Yeah. I mean, she, she really not much outside of those two things if you look at her filmography. Well, I, I believe know. it's the same thing for the actor who plays Cameron. Um trying to think. Alan Ruck, yeah, Alan yeah. Ruck. I believe he also smattering. I checked, looked up it as Wikipedia, IMDb. Looks like he has a smattering of roles, but in the same way, not really much in the cultural consciousness besides uh, his role as Cameron in uh, Ferris Bueller's Day Off. I mean, I mean, yeah, I think with a lot of at least, I mean, with a lot of John Hughes actors, especially nowadays, a lot of them are not in the like modern light. I would say. I mean, and then like you look at this film. And outside of Broderick, who's severely fallen off in the last probably twenty years, I would say severely. What is what has he done in the last ten years? Guy, Uh, you know, I can't really remember many recent Matthew Broderick films he's really in. Mm -hmm. I guess. I mean, can you you say any 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 film that he has been in the last ten years? The last ten years. Last ten years. I remember he was in one with um. What's her face with Reese? She was. He was in a good movie with Reese Witherspoon where he plays principal. She plays a student running for president. Uh, oh, that's fun yeah, fact. That's, that's the only other movie I can think of that he's in. You know where that's filmed in? Where Omaha, Nebraska, baby. Well, which <laughs> Shout out to my Omaha listeners out there. Omahans. Yeah. Omahaans. 
it's um I do not know which high school it is, but it's I'm pretty it's either about Omaha or filmed in Omaha. I'm trying to think what it's called. Oh, if you're gonna be proud about something, you better get the facts straight. <laughs> yeah, I, I, well, I, I definitely I maybe clear. I'm trying to think what uh, the uh, what film that was called. Or do you do either you two remember the name of that movie? No, but I can look it up on again. We can do our research department, or you can do yeah. research. Department. I'll, I, I can I can I can. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like Joe Rogan, be like Jamie, look that up. Like, yeah, <laughs> yeah, or an intern, like yeah. Election is what's the movie called? Election. Yeah. Okay, yeah. I, I and John finding out. Um, I guess we got to start. We got Jack. That's a good suggestion about a guy because we got to start. You know, if we're podcasting, we got to start swinging for the fences, aiming at the kings. And uh, I think Joe Rogan's our next target. <laughs> we're gonna take him yeah. down. After that, we're taking down the guys. A part of my take. That's yeah. how we take over the. Uh, the podcasting landscape. Rogan, Rogan's got nothing on Rogan us. has nothing on I, us. I, Thank I, you I'm for saying it. I'm not threatened by Joe Rogan Who is whatsoever. He? Like we, you did Fear Factor. Congrats. You know, <laughs> you know, like, oh, that's old big, old big man. You think you're a big man, Joe yeah, Rogan? Exactly. Why don't you go interview Brock Lesnar again? Oh, wait, I'm sorry. He's retired. <laughs> nah, I mean, Joe Rogan could, could, could kill me, but like, I mean, you know what? I don't that's think that's never funny. stopped me from taking shots before. I will. I will securely take this shot knowing this will never, never reach, reach it. <laughs> Joe Rogan, I'm calling you out. And if it does, your move, Joe. <laughs> yeah, seriously. No, he's, he's just not that funny. Oh. I don't think he's that funny. I like his comedian friends. But I also like he 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 knows a lot about the stand-up world, so he like has a lot of good comedians. And his best buddy is Tom Segura, who's one of my favorite uh, comedians. Segura's funny. Segura, I mean, Segura's hilarious. Yeah, but I mean, have you listened to a Joe Rogan uh, stand-up? No. No, it's it's a lot yeah, of stand up's not great. Yeah, it's not great. It's a lot of a lot of he likes to he likes to cuss. So like oh, he, so he gets most of his laughs. Love those four swearing. letter words. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's just like oh my god, that's hilarious. Joe Rogan swearing on yeah, stage, he's yelling. Now. It's like when it's like it's like him in his podcast, except he's just yelling. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So so oh, he's yelling now. So we should laugh. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I, I, again, we're not pulling any punches, John. How long does it take to figure out if this movie took place? In oh, Omaha? it was yeah, it was. It, oh, okay. it took place. <laughs> it took place and was about Omaha. I thought the whole Rogan. Oh no, it was just. I, just, I sort of. I lost it. No, it was. It was. It was filmed and about Omaha. Oh. Omaha high school teacher. So you could call it Omaha's Ferris Bueller's Day Off. Either that or the fun fact: downsizing that movie with Matt Damon. Also in Omaha. Well, what's downsizing? It's where they shrink them to be little people because the oh. earth is getting <laughs> too warm. But it's actually it's filmed at uh, Creighton Prep High School. So all my all the Creighton Prep listeners out there, this one's for you. We've been we've been. It's kind of funny to talk about that because obviously you know the genesis of this podcast, COVID nineteen. Yeah. Uh, you know a pandemic happening. It's brought us a lot to remember the fact that the mo- another movie starring Matt Damon. Contagion. Contagion. Filmed in our hometown, Wilmette, Illinois. Yes, sir. And now we are living in our own contagion. <laughs> yeah, take that to log it. Another reason why the suburbs are better than <laughs> yeah. <laughs> We knew this was gonna happen. <laughs> we had contagion on our belt, you know. I mean exactly. come on. The movie getting back on track, obviously. Uh, it touches on Jack. You talked about how kind of like that third aspect of why you like that. You talk about like the kind of childish uh, kind of uh, disposition to like it, the adolescent disposition to like it, and the kind of adult disposition. We, we can like dive into the adult. The adult talking about kind of the themes of the movie, which are making the most of the day 
and are making the most of your life, living in the moment, uh, not fearing, you could say, judgment from others. You could talk about family pressures and stuff like that. Um, but it's it, it, that is that kind of the overarching theme and that you wouldn't call a Ferris exactly a careless person, a careless person who acts because all of his moves are very well thought out. But he's someone who doesn't have, I guess, the same kind of social or different kind of mental inhibitions that other people would have at these moves like borrowing slash stealing a Ferrari, mm-hmm. like playing sick with some uh, Rube Goldberg-esque contraption that tricks your parents into thinking you you're, you have a you, know, you have a cold like almost running into your dad several times and like ducking out going to cubs games etc so uh i guess we can kind of talk about those themes and just like i mean it, that is why the movies resonated for all audiences and you know why it still holds up this far right yeah i mean uh i should have sent you this video beforehand but there was a video i saw um I don't know, a year or two ago, maybe, but it was like a TED talk about a person. Um, he had some, he had like a disease, like a degenerative disease, and he was, you know, he talked about this movie. Uh, and you know, the, the, the obvious quote that I think a lot of people know from the movie is like, "Life's uh, life moves pretty fast. If you don't stop and look around once in a while, you might just miss it." But this guy said it, um, and he had all these like disabilities, you know, and stuff that really held him uh, down. And I think. What was interesting to me is he always, you know, overcame it. He always enjoyed every moment. You know, he could have uh, pouted and, you know, done all this stuff and say, why is me? But he really tried to make the best of his life. Um, and it was pretty sad because he had, you know, very high expectations. He wanted to go into uh, engineering and, you know, do all this stuff. And it was really, you know, uh, positive And, you know, I was, I really enjoyed the video. And then the thing that really shocked me was at the end of it, uh, he died a month later. Um, so, you know, I, I think that just shows, you know, you really have to enjoy the moment. Um, but it was also another weird fact is he had the same birthday as me. Uh, so, yeah, so it, it was just, you know, he was the same age as me. So it uh, really showed, I guess, me just that was a kind of a wake-up call to really um, enjoy the moment and just, you know, take everything what you have. Um, because I think, and I think that's what, you know, Ferris kind of does in this movie is he really enjoys it. You know, he's a second semester senior and he's, saying, you know, it's so beautiful, why do I want to be stuck inside all day? Um, and I think that's kind of what a lot of people are going through right now, too. Is that, oh, yeah. You know, they're stuck inside, so at least for me, I've been just, you know, taking those little things, like, you know, just going out on my balcony and just appreciating a sunset, you know, as cheesy as it sounds. But, um, yeah, I mean, I think, I think there's a lot of things that, you know, Ferris really sums up well, just, you know, enjoying what you have and what you can do um, with the time you have and the people you're with. Jack, that- that's beautiful. Yeah, no, that was that was nice, and I think I think a good way. I mean, I definitely like. I look at it like in high school, you sort of look back at your time in like grade school, like yeah, seventh eighth grade. You're like, dang, I could have like you know, I could have done more. Like you could have you could have gone out. Well, I mean, I'm just saying like like seventh eighth grade is kind of like oh th- that was kind of easy. Like I, I should have like you know utilized my abilities more than and then in, in college now for me it's just like high school like ah like. What if I skipped a couple? You should classes? have stolen more stuff. I should have stolen more Ferraris. <laughs> I mean, like my my ability to steal Ferraris is definitely you know I mean could have been better. But I mean, nah, I think it's just it's just like kind of cool. Like you look back, you're like, oh, like you sort of gotta enjoy it. And me coming up on senior year because now my uh, I'm pretty much done. I'm just saying I'm done with junior year pretty much because I'm not at school anymore. But it's, it's this this film sort of resonates with me now because it's just like. It's, Ferris may have been in high school, but I'm in college, so even more so than uh, 
Ferris, you know. And one of the things I enjoy and I think that does really well is the movie has like such a great I heard Roger Ebert talk about it as like innocence because it's got such a great innocence and like very, very earnest charm to it that it can be very easy to look at this as Jaden and just be like, oh, like Ferris and his friends are very privileged and they're just kind of like riding around town, kind of like taking advantage of things like skipping school, kind of just getting away with stuff because they can. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think it's just the performances, especially by Broderick, but also by Rock and by uh Jennifer Gray. Jennifer Gray. Jennifer Gray. Sister, uh, are you talking about Sloan? No, I was talking about Sloan. Sorry, what's Sloan? Is Mia, Mia Sarah. Mia Sarah, Mia Sarah. But like uh, the performances by Sarah Rock and Broderick Mm -hmm. really make that, I guess they kind of, they shield it from cynicism. I, I, I find it very tough to find, like there are, we are friends with skeptics and cynics and stuff like that. I find it very tough to, to find people who will look at this movie in a cynical way. I, I will say. Yes. Because I, I, I recently watched it. Yes. If you watch like the first 80% of the movie and were to stop watching it, I could find it very easy to hate Ferris Bueller. <laughs> like, I mean, Go on. I mean, listen, like if, if you, if you, if you put yourself in Cameron's shoes, like I would, I would hate Ferris. Ferris literally steals his dad's car. Yeah. He, like he doesn't. Cameron's not even the one that drives it. Ferris is the one that drives it the entire time. Like he pulls him out of school. Cameron just wants a day away, you know, by himself. You know, they almost get in trouble all these times. And Ferris keeps on saying about oh how he's doing it for Cameron, but it all the time just seems like Ferris is clearly doing it for himself. So I mean, I mean the the last like quarter of the movie you kind of need because it's Cameron because it's Cameron being like thank you Ferris you know thank you for like doing this for me this is what I actually wanted and needed and like but like the first 75% is just Cameron like like screw you Ferris like stop this you know yeah I I think too with that I think the funny thing is like you know Sloan's there the entire time so Cameron's like the third wheel Mm -hmm. Um, and you know it's just like it feels you feel like Cameron you're kind of like damn like I wish I wish I could go Sloan a little bit but like oh 100% it's it's like this whole weird weird thing going on too that he's just like kind of showing off his girlfriend the entire movie yeah, no, there's definitely like a little pit part in like the back of my head. I'm like, I kind of, I'm kind of rooting for Cameron on this one, you know? Like, <laughs> like, I, like, like I don't tear, know, I don't know Ferris how new this one. is going to happen, but like, I, I, I don't know. <laughs> and I think it's like, I think, uh, I personally like been in this situation. I have been the Cameron so many times, like in our friend group, Jack. I feel like I personally like, I, especially like when running around with Oli, uh, Jack Oli listener of the pod friend of the pod yeah uh, i feel like a lot of my life like i end up being like the cameron where jack is just dragging me around and stuff like that especially like you know jack and i both this they're gonna be a, this is the third jack referenced on the podcast uh, <laughs> listeners so buckle up but jack gorman our guest uh, and i visited jack Oli uh, at mardi gras and whenever you visit kind of Jack Oli in this kind of like surrounding, it's very easy to get caught up in his kind of Ferris machinations and you kind of play the cam. Luckily, it didn't happen this time. But uh, Jack, you definitely have experiences of being with Oli where it's kind of uh, felt like that, maybe. Yeah, I feel like with Oli, too, it's not like we're in Ferris where everything works out. It's like this, <laughs> this manic thing where it's like... It's like, I'm like, that's Ferris Bueller's day off, except everything goes wrong. <laughs> yeah, it, it's like, if this was like, if Oli was like the main 
it was like the car wouldn't even get out of the garage. <laughs> <laughs> it was like, it like broke into a garage door or something. Like, you know, he's at the Cubs game and it's like you drank too much or something. You're stuck down there and then like you have to call your friend who you know you weren't allowed to invite on this day at all. <laughs> no. You have enough room in the car. So uh, he has to come down, skip school to come pick you up. So it's, it's just like an hour straight of only in a drunk tank, just like calling his friends trying to get help. Like, you know, like we are taking major shots on the podcast, but honestly, that is like I don't know if these are shots. It just that just sounds like this guy's kind of cool, you know. I mean, like I mean, I don't know. <laughs> Ferris Bueller's day off would have stopped if it was Jack Oldie's day off. It would have stopped right when they got to Wrigley Field. <laughs> they would not have been allowed inside Wrigley again. <laughs> oh, that's just. Uh, uh, some of the listeners of the pod obviously know the story we're referencing, but uh, well, Jack's referencing a couple, but I'll I will talk about one, which is less embarrassing, which is uh, uh, Jack Oley and Billy Hennessy, friend of the pod, Billy Hennessy, yeah, former, former guest, former guest, <laughs> um, were treating themselves to a mini Ferris days off with the rest of our kind of friend group going to a Cubs game, um, and this was when we were in high school, and uh, I guess Jack, you were at the game, right? The game. I mean, I oh, we weren't at the game because we had because we had lacrosse practice. We were the only two the sticks. We were we were the only two people. We were the only two friends that were there. Uh, people in our friend group that weren't there. Anyways, uh, long story short, a lot of the people had like too much kind of to drink there, and uh, you know, eighteen year olds. Not you really shouldn't be allowed to drink at Wrigley. Uh, you aren't allowed you're, to you're, drink. Well, yeah, actually, <laughs> no. there's this rule. <laughs> <laughs> I say that like with the, like the vendors at Wrigley. You know, they should really stop serving the minors. You know, they, <laughs> uh, no, it's a law. Uh, anyway, so Billy and Jack, uh, <laughs> Billy and Jack got kicked out of Wrigley Field <laughs> and essentially quote unquote banned. I think either for the year or for. Life or something like it's a that. loose band. it's a it's a very loose yeah. band um but i think it was wasn't it uh didn't someone i again taking more shots at talaga on the podcast but didn't talaga uh, run away like at the last minute <laughs> i i don't know I, from what i remember and i remember talaga was the one who bought the beers or something and then he was the one that i think got kicked out but <laughs> no. I, I don't remember the story it's you know, Years and years and years ago, and I was just a foolish young kid back then. We were foolish yeah. young kids. We were just trying. We were just trying to find our own way to uh, make sure we didn't miss life. It's not if, if that's true about Tulag. It's not very Chicago of them, I will say. To <laughs> to run. run. Yeah, <laughs> to to run. run. That's yeah. very suburban. That is that is the Running. most uh, suburbs thing is to run. Oh man, yeah, Jack and I. Could- yeah, no, I, I heard in Wildwood they you know they used to just like come together and have like these fights every Friday night with like. <sighs> To the death, so it's very uh, un un Chicago and to uh, back down from you know some just some security guards at Wrigley Field. Yeah, yeah. Friday nights, uh, fight nights at Wildwood Park. Everybody's <laughs> heard of them, you know? exactly. <laughs> uh, what's it called uh, abandon all hope when you enter. Um, I, I guess talking about Wrigley, I, I like we're all obviously Cubs fans uh, growing up in the North Shore. Um, that's the part of the movie that I like really. I mean. It's a smaller part, obviously, but anytime you see Wrigley Field in the movie, just does something special for me, uh, and I think that's obviously the, the part I connect with most. Uh, yeah, uh, I mean, obviously, growing up Cubs fans, some of our first, at least some of my first memories are in Wrigley Field as a child. You know, yeah. I've been going there since I was like three years old. Mm-hmm. But uh, 
I mean, yeah, I think it's the classic. If the Chicago, if it's a Chicago movie, you're going to show the skyline and then you're going to show like the like front board at Wrigley Field. The marquee. The marquee. Yeah, exactly. And I think it is a very small scene. They almost get caught by the by the uh, dean in the scene because they, they end up on television. But it's cool because they're in the bleachers. I mean, I think that's. I mean, no, they're on the left field line. They're on the left field line. They're on the left field line. They're huh. on the bleachers. I thought they were in the bleachers. Well, because Ferris almost catches a foul ball. Or I think he catches a foul ball. Like he down does the left catch. Field he line. Does. He's on TV, you know, catching the uh, foul ball. But that's um, true. And that's like what the dean the dean misses. He's like turns his back or something. But. Exactly, and so they are. I, I always just assume they're in the bleachers, just because it's just you know, like Wrigley bleachers. It's Wrigley man. bleachers. That's the thing with Wrigley. You know, one of the things. One of the things. Ivy bleachers and stuff Ivy. like that. Bleachers. But, you know, yeah, it's definitely a very cool scene. I mean, anytime you see like these places that you frequent like your entire life, I mean, it's it's special to see them on the big screen. Exactly. You know? Like also like the Art Institute. Yeah. Which I think we are. It's too, like I said earlier, uh, like I think something that's kind of slept on from people that are in Chicago is a world-class institution. Uh, it's, you know, just an awesome way to spend an afternoon, an awesome escape. Uh, John Hughes kind of mentioned, that, you know, doing a little bit of research for the podcast, which I'm one to do. We are both one to do. Mm-hmm. Um, John kind of talked, John Hughes talks about that being like his escape, uh, kind of a place which, you know, being an artsy fartsy folk like he is, yeah. I, you, you sound like a nerd right now. Like, I'll, I'll, I'll be honest. Nerd alert! <laughs> like, let's watch it. Like, we don't want him to be a nerd, you know. <laughs> we don't want our kid to be a nerd. <laughs> no, yeah, I think. I mean, I still think it's funny about the institutes. I remember uh, one of Will and our high school teachers, uh, Doctor Woe, He, I think he told told our class one time that he would just go down to the institute like once a week and he pick one painting. And stare at it for an hour, and I was like, "Wow, that is that is some you know appreciation to the art." You know? <laughs> I, don't, I don't get that at all. But um, as now being a culture man, studying abroad and taking uh, AP art history, I would say that I've become a man who does enjoy going to the art institute and uh, appreciating some of the finer aspects of the different paintings. The finer things, yeah. Avid listener, Doctor Lowe, you know, Doctor Lowe, exactly. <laughs> Shout out to Doctor Lowe, uh, listening. Somewhere, <laughs> somewhere, probably riding riding his bike. Oh, yeah. <laughs> well, um, he cancels it out with the riding his bike. Okay, exactly. he always yeah, rides cool. his bike. I uh-huh. did. You know, there was a time where I memorized his schedule of when he would walk outside because I passed by like the uh, like Under back downstairs uh, or the back uh, what you call like Staircase. the garbage doors or whatever. You know, yeah, 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 yeah. where the ramp is. Yeah, exactly. So yeah. I'd have to go down that way, and I'd always pass him by. That was exactly. always nice, you know. Mm-hmm. God, you know, God bless him, man. You live so long, study so hard, and do as get much good as raise a family like he has. He should have a couple of smokes. Oh, he deserved it. He, no, deserves, he, he deserves it. You know, he deserves it. One smart cookie. One smart cookie. <sighs> I, I do think though about uh, that whole scene where you know they're in the uh, Wrigley Field and they're watching TVs. I don't understand why the print, uh, the dean of students he goes to that one. I don't know, that bar. And it's like, yeah. out of all the places in Chicago, you're just going to assume that, oh, Ferris goes to this one bar, which, <laughs> you know, just from the looks of it, is definitely not downtown. It's definitely <laughs> Winnetka or, like, Forest or something, you know, somewhere nice in the suburbs. So I don't understand why you assume, like, oh, yeah, Ferris is just going to go to this bar. And, like, out of all the places you can go in Chicago. <laughs> yeah, that's like assuming, like, oh, like, a kid's got a day off. He's playing hooky. I know where I'm going to find him. He's probably drinking at Stormy's. <laughs> <laughs> what? Yeah, no, going to like the uh, 
neighborhood bars is not something that people in these neighborhoods frequent as an underage person, I would say. Also, in a weekday? <laughs> not a weekday. <laughs> it's, it's 11 a.m. It's a weekday. That's, exactly. that's where I'll find them. Well, we, 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 we'll want to be pounding some schlitz at, at Myers or something like that. Like, yeah, it's, like, well, like at this point in the film, you have to assume it's like – actually, I guess it would be 1 o'clock. This just throws another wrench in the whole timing of it, because you know. Yeah, if, the, time, if, the timing of it doesn't make sense. Let's all. talk about the timing. Yeah. Okay. Because, like, I mean, the first thing to bring up is this is early in the film. They're yes. at the Cubs game. Yes. Cubs games don't start before one o'clock. Twelve twenty. Twelve twenty. Okay. So one twenty Eastern. Yeah. So. Okay. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> okay, wait. What? What game started at twelve twenty? All of the day games. It's one fifteen day games. No, it's twelve twenty. It's 120 Eastern. Do you want me to get father here? (laughs) (laughs) No. We'll talk about this later. Anyways, we'll assume for your argument it's 1 o'clock. Yeah. Okay. Well, okay. I'm going to do research. (laughs) This is is after research. Yeah. But, I mean, so, okay. So, let's just say it's a 115 game. Sure. And you go down there. And even if you're there for a day, like, that's the beginning of the movie. So, like, they have five hours till 6 o'clock pretty much from 115. Because that's the time where the parents come back and stuff. 6 o'clock? They say 6 o'clock is the is, – yeah. they hold true at 6 o'clock throughout the – <laughs> 6 o'clock is a steady – it's a yeah. steady It's part mark. of the entire time. So, okay. you know, so they – so the, the amount of stuff they do in between Wrigley and Ferris getting back to his home, like, wow, impossible. So, let's, let's think about this one. Let's say they stay until the third inning of a 120 game. Yeah. That would put them at two o'clock. Now, this is some great forensics I'm doing right here. So we yeah. got to back up for one second. Though, sure. And we got to start talking about. All right, he he's sick, so he, you know, that's probably around what eight o'clock, seven seven thirty. His parents leave. Yes. Then he spends like an hour and a half just fucking around. He has to invent all these systems. Like he has to, uh, you know, build his computer program. He has to build this, uh, you know. Really physics-y, you know, st- I don't know what exactly. Like I said, Rube Goldberg machine ass. Yeah, <laughs> yeah he has to do a lot, which granted, like, you have to give the guy credit because if, you know, if you were to, like, watch a future Ferris Bueller, like, what's he doing? He's probably, like, some Silicon Valley, like, genius. Like, the guy just, like, happened to get a computer and, like, code it and, like, do all these, like, crazy stuff. Like, the dude's definitely a billionaire by now, but... um just getting onto the fact is that, you know, then he has to go drive to, uh, you know, Cameron's house, which is, you know, let's say Ferris lives in Winneka. You have to go all the way to Highland Park up to the ravines to go mm-hmm. pick him up. Then shout out, sorry, shout out to the ravines on the podcast. Yeah, I mean, I could, I could not forget the ravines. Uh, <laughs> just as a staple of the whole movie. Um, a staple obviously. of a North Shore high school, uh, coming of age yeah seriously that's that's yeah i feel like that was pretty big in our friend group i mean i don't know if cool kids did that but uh that was definitely like what you do on a friday night you got nothing else to do let's go to the ravine let's just go to the ravine you know it's fun to drive on them you know it's It's a a lot of fun we spent many we spent many like you said friday night a couple of times post-gaming parties we'd just be like hey want to go to the ravines and whoever was driving would be like yeah let's just go to the ravines (laughs) yeah exactly (laughs) it's like the rocks you know it's like the rocks yeah exactly Okay, but uh, I also I just want to point out that yeah. the earliest the game starts is one twenty central. So you know I would like to I would like you to apologize to me formally for questioning my knowledge of the start time. I am let it be record this is canon on the podcast. Um, before Jack continues with our forensics, I would like to apologize to John. That makes sense because you always get to the L at twelve thirty. Damn it! 
All right, Jack, you can go on with the, with the, with the timing. Uh, yeah, but so okay, we're gonna take that's gonna be you know forty five minutes to an hour to get up there. Sure. They do all the stuff at the high school, um, and we'll, we'll just hypothetically say that you know the high school's ten ten minutes away, even though we know we're <laughs> oh, far away. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so that's another hour. They go pick them up, and then you have to go all the way into the city from there. That's another. I don't know, 45 minutes. So sure. we're putting ourselves at, what, 11, 12 already, maybe? I don't know. Yeah, plus um, plus them parking the car and finding a ride to Wrigley. Yeah, before Ubers. I mean, I don't know how many kids uh, can get a taxi uh, <laughs> from, with that amount of cash to take. But, yeah, that, that, I mean, that puts them maybe on time. I could see the story backing up a little bit. But, I mean, they're still throwing in the fact that they're going to, you know, uh, Sears Tower too, in that whole scene. So that's there's, there's a lot of you know, you know, holes in the whole story. Yeah, I think that there is no chance that doing all those things they get back to the suburbs at six o'clock, let alone back to his individual house. Because don't they stop by the pool first? They do. They do have the scene at the pool. The Cameron's like breakdown scene yeah. at the pool, which is I like know, I don't know what we we don't know where the pool is. Yeah, whose pool? We don't. <laughs> I don't think we are ever told what this pool is. I think they just, which is pretty crazy because they just have this private pool. Also, who has, a, three who has a pool in the North Shore? People have pools. People have pools? People have pools. Okay. Fine. I guess people have pools. I, I know right? people that have pools or like that oh, have had High pools. five. Yeah. They, Let's go. You can hear that high five. Exactly. That's why I was trying to get a lot from the pod. Humble bragging out people. Exactly. Yeah. Humble, humble Brad, you can. Uh, yeah. I've never hung out with these people. But no, I mean, do I mean, do we have to assume that the pool is it downtown Sloan. or is it like no? The pool definitely is. It's not suburbs. at Sloan. It's not at Sloan's because Ferris drops her off. The, the pool though is, you know, Ferris starts the day off though at the pool, doesn't he? Though he's got his phone and he's like, you know, calling yeah. Cameron. He's at the pool though, correct? Yeah, but if there was that's some, in his backyard, isn't it? So is, is it, that is there a second pool? Because he's not in his backyard yeah. when he's at the pool, like because he has to go back to his house. I know what you're saying, well, he's Jeff. At his house, then he goes to Cameron's house. Yeah. Oh. Back, I think. Oh. Because so, so, yes, yeah, so the order of it is he he's he's at his house. He goes or Cameron comes to Ferris because Ferris doesn't have a car. Because that's a big thing in the film. Ferris does not have a car, so they Cameron comes over Ferris. to his house. They call Sloan out of school. Pick up Sloan. And they have to pick up – the reason why they originally take out the Ferrari is because, you know, there's no way that the print that uh, the dean is going to believe that Cameron's car is Mr. Peterson's car. Yes. Because they, they call it out by, by saying that they're Mr. Peterson. There's been a family exactly. death and stuff like that. <laughs> Pardon my friend, but <laughs> yeah, I think you're an yeah. asshole. Exactly. And so they have to go get the Ferrari to pick up Sloan. So they make – that's that's – so Cameron makes like multiple trips. I guess he goes to Ferris's house, goes back to his house, picks up Sloan, and then they go to the city. To the city. We'll just call that the city. Yeah. So they go, and then they go downtown. Yeah. And then they come back. They go to Ferris's house, chill at the pool. Then they go to Cam's. Then back to Ferris's. Wait, what? <laughs> no, because they're at the pool. Oh, I, think, I think that he. Yeah, yeah. He's at, they're at the pool, but yeah. you also have to forget they're at the beach too. So they go to the beach, then they go to the pool. When do they go to and the then, beach? Uh, they go. They go to the beach. He's like the catonic cantone, state. Like they're. It's like. A, oh yeah. Yeah. So it's like literally ten seconds. But yeah, you're right. Then he runs back. So I think he. They drop everyone off, and then he runs back from 
Cameron's house? I don't, I don't know. Well, because then they go to Cameron's house. Obviously, they put the Ferrari back. They try. Beautiful, beautiful high school logic. Yeah. Oh, problem with the odometer showing that we added up more miles? Why don't we just put it in reverse? That's how this works. <laughs> what? Yeah. If anything, they would just put miles on it. Yeah, that's Okay, they're not the smartest. They're not they've, the smartest. They've never been, also, Ferris is not doing well in school. That is that is consistent throughout the film. Also, though, and I think this is an interesting point, though, um, how the – obviously, we think Cam smarter. Cam, yeah. Kind of more rational. He appears to be. And he obviously, in the back of his head, would know this isn't going to work. Well, maybe not. Well, no. Ferris is very let me Let me let me flesh out my thesis. Okay. In the back of his head – he probably knows that this this is my thesis. Okay. He probably knows this isn't going to work. So either one of two things is happening when he goes on the trip with Ferris and Sloan. Yeah. One, Ferris is just being so domineering that he can't possibly say no. Mm-hmm. Or two, Cam, slightly in the back of his head, wants to live a little. Yeah. It's, it's, part, it's obviously two as shown by the ending. I by think. the ending, exactly. Which, may, you know, which obviously comes full circle there. But I like kind of this thinking that Cameron in the back of his head kind of wants to uh, – wants all along to have fun. It's like deep down inside. It manifests itself in like small ways. And I think a big way to look at it is when Ferris originally takes the car because if – I don't know. If I was in the situation of Cameron, like there's absolutely no way – I would have let Ferris take the car. Mm-hmm. So you have to, or from then on, you have to assume like, all right, like Cam- Cameron's kind of letting them, you know? Yeah. Cause you know, I mean, cause I think the friendship, they've been friends in sixth grade. I don't think the friendship is based on, you know, Ferris taking things from Cameron, you mm-hmm. know? But I mean, well, I think the interesting thing too, is that, you know, you see the scene they're, they're, the guy's a car collector and he's got multiple other cars. Yeah. So why are you picking the most expensive of the cars? <laughs> so it's kind of like you're letting, you know, letting it happen a little bit in my opinion. Uh, but yeah, I agree with that. Have you guys ever heard like the uh, theory, which like the Fight Club theory about Ferris uh, Bueller's Day Off? I've heard the Fight Club theory. I, I don't know if I have. Did, yeah, Jack, you want to explain it to John? Yeah, so the Fight Club theory is that, uh, like the movie in the book, I guess, um, that you know Ferris Bueller is a uh, figment of imagination okay, yeah. in Cameron's head, and he's kind of egging him on to do kind of these. Uh, dangerous and irresponsible things. Uh, so that's kind of the theory. I don't know if I get it like completely right, but you know, there's a lot of weird people on the internet, not weird, but um, people on the internet who spend too much time dissecting this movie. And yes. that is like, you know, they have two whole documents, uh, pages full of lists, uh, why, you know, this is a true theory. I mean, I think like when you first hear the idea, like it's like, oh wow, that's kind of cool. But it's just like, like, no. Like, I mean, it's just, uh, I don't know. Well, obviously, yeah. Obviously, like, it's not what John Hughes wanted. To, let's yeah. not forget, this is an 80s comedy. Yeah, exactly. This is also the same movie where they're doing the slapstick gags with Mr. Rooney and the dog. So, oh, like. Phenomenal. Phenomenal. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Which is just, that's that's classic Hughesian. Yeah. Um, but, I do like the theory, though. It's kind of cool to think about. Because it is, like, cause, like, at some points, it does almost feel like this film, like, revolves kind of around Cameron more than Ferris at points, you know? Yeah, certainly, and which is obviously, I think, one of the reasons why it's more, I guess, approachable. Like you said, you're talking yeah. about like hating Ferris for the first yeah, 75% exactly. of the movie. When you kind of get in that mindset, also get in Cam's mindset and stuff like that, and you start to empathize with them, that makes a stronger, I think, connection with the movie. Oh, 100. It, it makes it a better movie. There's, there's more to the movie if you are like, 
because of the amount that they have Cameron play a role. Because it's not just Ferris. And it, I mean, it's obviously all Ferris Bueller's day off, but at points it's like, oh, Cameron, let me like let me <laughs> delve into your mind real quick, you know. <laughs> but I, I, I'm sorry, I'm still hung, like hung up on this whole pool thing. Like I, 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 I it's been like crushing my mind. It's just where is one? This pool? It's Ferris's pool. I, I, is it? It, John, it's just it's Ferris's pool. Okay, I okay, but you never see a pool in his backyard. No, when he when he, in the first scene okay. when he's in the pool, yeah, like with the phone when he's yeah. calling Cameron and Cameron's like apoplectic. Okay, fine. I, I I should I should stop thinking about it too much. Well, there, there's a lot of there's a lot of kind of you know, uh, it's like you know just a lot of fallacies in the movie. Like I think the end you kind of see where he's running um, throughout the you know the different neighborhoods. Yeah, and it's literally like you can tell the difference if you're from that, like you'd be on that area. It's like. You can tell that it's two different towns. <laughs> They'll be in one street, and it's like, oh, there's you know Winneka Wilmette, and then the next street it's like Northbrook. It looks completely different. <laughs> the houses are different, uh, and you know, and I think that too. Like in the scene, you know, we kind of talk about the pool. Like maybe it's not his house because you know Ferris just kind of seems like a kleptomaniac. Like he doesn't have normal <laughs> ethics because he's literally like stealing people's sodas. He's running into their house. Like, uh, it kind of seems a little sociopathic. Like, he gets on top of a parade float. He just <laughs> decides to sing a whole song. Like, th- there's a lot of really, like, you know, kind of egomaniac things that, you know, Ferris is doing. Yeah, yeah to kind of talk about it, uh, to, I guess, summarize that, there are definitely some suspect behaviors on uh, on uh, Ferris's Ferris. part that lead you to believe he might do that stuff. Yeah, I mean... Like, I think this also goes back to the point where just, like, you sort of need Cameron, like, because I think if this is just Ferris, like, Ferris probably comes off as a douchebag, you know? <laughs> he just, he literally gets away with everything he wants, like, he's exactly. like, nothing ever, like, goes wrong for him. Like, sort of the, the privileged sorted, aspects. Yeah, the privileged aspect. I mean, it's, like, the whole thing where, like, people don't like just, like, a bland, like, protagonist that everything ends up going well for him. Nobody likes Leave It to Beaver, I think, is, like, the whole thing, like... As I've we, never uh, seen it. <laughs> as we say in the wrestling uh, landscape, white meat baby face. Yeah, exactly. It's it's not fun to see everything go right for somebody. It's it's just not. Like, exactly. there has to be something. So I think Cameron adds that because, yeah, Farish is definitely a little kleptomaniac. <laughs> he just is. Yeah. Like, You know, too, if, like, something did go wrong for Farish, like, either his, like, Bolt. dad's a lawyer or, like, his dad's friend is a lawyer. So, like, you know, he's he <laughs> that privilege card of being able to, uh, like, you know, play the, oh, he's a good student, he's a good kid. Like, exactly. throughout the whole movie, you know, like, you know, the, like, oh, he's, you know, a super, was a super cool dude or something that the the principal assistant says, like, you know, <laughs> you know he's got, he, he, he just kind of gets out of everything he does. Yeah. No, because there's definitely, like, at points in the movie, points where I'm, like, rooting for a genie, like, to, like, <laughs> catch Ferris. Yeah. Like, because, I mean, like, you feel, you, like, like you look at the relationship, Ferris like is loved by his parents. Like can't can do no wrong in the he's eyes. Loved of his by parents. the school. Loved by the entire school and the city. Screw this he's guy. Loved by the city. And then you got Genie, who's just like guys. Like he's lying. <laughs> like he, he's not this guy. And then like her parents are like so like distrustful and like like very dismissive of her. So you just feel bad for her at points. Yeah. You you understand why she had to first base. Uh... Charlie Sheen. Charlie Sheen ends up being a pretty big protagonist in this movie, you know? For having two lines. <laughs> yeah, he's got more than that. Okay. 
I mean, oh, I'm just saying. Yeah, I mean, I'm just saying he plays. He has a conversation with Genie. Fuck me, right, guys? <laughs> uh, yeah, uh, fuck fuck right. me, right? <laughs> yeah. Um, I think another uh, just poking the hole in the story is that you know Genie kind of acts. I feel like the big sister. Maybe I'm wrong. That's kind of the vibes I got. Yeah, a hundred percent. She's younger, is she? Is she supposed? To- I don't know. So, well, like, I mean, she she has the car and she acts like she's the older sister and everything. Uh-huh. But you know, Ferris is a senior. senior. So. I don't know. Maybe they're twins. I don't know what I was, it is, but it just she definitely comes off as the older, the older sibling in that movie. I feel like I was gonna say I think the only thing that makes like sense would for her to be a twin because like you can still have that like older, heads, older like sister of. like bossiness, budding heads that like an older sibling will have with a younger sibling, but uh, you can still have that as a twin. I think because like especially like with their circumstance, but because yeah, like. Ferris is a second semester like senior. They're both in high school. Like, exactly. like something is not adding up. <laughs> Maybe she got like held back. But yeah, she definitely does yeah, seem like she got held back. You know, that was what the, oh, the yeah. promise was because of the the amount of school dates he missed or whatever. He missed. No, well, that, that was the thing that all the principals like. Oh, I'm gonna get him caught. He's gonna have to repeat a whole another year senior year. So maybe maybe that's why she's all mad is because she tried doing this and then. Got held back again. Now she wants to get Ferris to do the same. Ooh. Away with it. Ooh. Let me let me let me offer a tangent here. How much? How is this movie different if uh, uh, Dean Rooney is Dean Deshero? Oh, um, I mean, this turns and like Jason Bateman comes in. <laughs> like, yeah, like what? Like, what do you mean, Jason Bateman? Or no, not Jason Bateman. Crap. Jason Bourne? No, not Jason Bourne. Uh, Jason Statham. Jason Statham. <laughs> was, was you think, you think <laughs> Dean Dash is like Jason Statham? Oh, he has to be like a taller Jason Statham. Like, <laughs> yeah, I, I, I'm just imagining scenarios where he actually like finds out all this stuff, like catches Ferris, figures out he's going like downtown, catches him downtown, and like I don't know. In my imagination, also simultaneously, even though he's a student, beats the shit out of him. <laughs> well, like I think, I think with that as well as like. It's another like little thing to poke at the plot is like no dean of students is ever going to put this much focus into one student. Also, the sheer vitriol you have to have for someone to really yeah. want them. Like it was like every single principal in the eighties wanted every student to repeat every grade. Why <laughs> <laughs> do you hate him so much? Like get him, get him out of the school. Don't exactly. Pull the pranks for another year. Like you don't want to do that. You just get him out of there. And- you know, let him rot away. Is what you think he is, but yep. exactly. I'm going to be honest. I've never met any school administrator or anything that's ever wanted to hold somebody back. Exactly. Like, like, I feel like that's like the opposite of what they're trying. Why to you do. get in the game? <laughs> yeah, but like, I mean, it's just crazy because like, there's no way. Like, I mean, I get, it's an '80s, you know, teen. Comedy. It's an '80s like, comedy. Yeah, it's John Hughes. So John like, Hughes '80s comedy. So it's it's the adults versus the kids. But I mean, like, which is obviously is a theme in a lot of '80s movies, John Hughes movies. But it feels very pronounced here. Just how dumb the adults seem in this. Oh my goodness. Well, I mean, you you have I think like what you have like four adults that you actually have names for, which is like Ferris's parents. Yeah, Rooney, Rooney, and then Rooney's assistant. Rooney's um, assistant, exactly. Is, um, Grace or, or who is it? Um, Great character actor. I feel like I've seen her in a ton Grace. of stuff. Yeah, you got, you got the, the, the teacher though. He uh, he's another. Oh, Ben Stein. Ben Stein. Uh, you know, Bueller. Yeah, Bueller. Bueller. Iconic. Yeah. He, he's not yeah. named though. He's not named. Yeah, but he's Ben Stein. Yeah, but he's Ben Stein. Yeah, you're right. You're right. So you have like these. You have these, but like literally yeah. every single one of them is like. 
because Euphorus's parents just seem like idiotic and like falling for Ferris's like antics. Like, there's no way that's kid sick. Like, kid sick. Like, there's no way around it. And then you have obviously the entire subplot of the movies, like surrounding Rooney getting foiled by like a dog. A dog. <laughs> a, a lock. <laughs> a dog and a lock. Like, it's, it's bad. It's, exactly. it's pathetic. He, he makes the burglars from Home Alone look like like Bonnie and Clyde. Yeah, I mean, the burglar, I mean, I guess he does get in at one point, but, like, dude, you're just, like... There's he, nothing that's, that's home actively... Invasion. <laughs> home invasion on a weekday in a sleepy suburb. Congratulations. He, either, A... Okay. This was Wildwood, though. I mean, hypothetically, <laughs> we're talking, you know, there'd be, you know... Somebody in the door, like you know, you know, I, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 no. Hold up! Don't yeah, give him an out. Don't give Jack an out. I want to hear where he's going with this. This was wild. You have, you know, like instead of like the damn kick to the face, you have like the crazy, you know, little kid come out with like a knife and like just gut the guy up. Um, you and, got, you know, they also steal his car, but <laughs> <laughs> they also steal. Yeah, the craziness of why they also steal his car. Okay, <laughs> also I just want to point out, like, by Rooney entering Ferris's house, like either A, Ferris is going to be inside there, and your like theory is screwed, or <laughs> exactly. B, you're just invading a home, <laughs> and, and like, and he is not there. <laughs> like, what does that do? <laughs> yeah, again, these 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 adults are buffoons. Uh, before we get away from it, I for, I totally forgot. Obviously. Jack, like you said, one of the most famous uh, lines in the film, Bueller, Bueller. Uh, shout out to having routinely in high school, uh, like two or three classes a semester with Molly Bueller in our class. And like <laughs> constantly hearing that throughout the uh, throughout my four years of high school. At this, at, uh, By the end of high school, I feel like Molly Bueller just leaned into that being her last name. There's a girl named Molly Bueller? Yeah, there's a Bueller family that was like, there's like three. They were a St. Francis family. Oh really? Yeah, like Molly was the youngest. She was in our grade, and then oh, like okay. they had, like she had two older oh. brothers. No way! Right? No way! I, yeah, exactly. Molly, if you're listening to the pod, I hope all is well. <laughs> I, I don't think she is, but you never know. <laughs> exactly, you don't know. <laughs> um, God, dumb, dumb adults. Yeah, this really just highlights how dumb adults are. Yeah, and that's just yeah, like the I mean, whole purpose. I mean, I feel like though, if you were to do it, at least this movie now. Like, the adults could have to be, like, somewhat inept enough to be, like, okay, let's, uh, you know, check by my location. Like, what's going on Instagram? And then, like, there's Ferris, you know, posting to Instagram. He's storying. And the hot dog and being, like, you know, that's that's what kids do. Like, the movie just can't work anymore because kids have to post on social media, you know? I've been watching, uh, usually when I come home, I like, you know, John knows I like watching Seinfeld with my dad because Seinfeld, they always do reruns at around 10 o'clock each night uh, here in Chicago on the CW. Um, And something I've watched like when, or like started to feel more and more is just the comedic moments of analog technology in the 80s and 90s, uh, where it's like this, it's this great kind of like sweet spot where like people are like in the 80s and 90s, people are like searching out a lot of entertainment and leisure and that kind of activities are at an all-time high in terms of the amount of money we can spend on entertainment, movies, going out, doing stuff. Uh, but at the same time, the technology for, like, contacting friends hasn't really kept up. Like, cell phones weren't widely used. Obviously, no Uber, no social media. There's no internet. There's nothing that, like... So, I, uh, Jack, you made a good point, which is that, like, thinking about how 
Ferris Bueller, this kind of a moment only, this story only truly could happen in the 80s, like, because we talked about a lot of plot holes that we brought up. However, if, like, this was to take place during the age of social media and of, like, technology that we live yeah. in, there would be so many more plot holes if they tried to get away with this. Oh, like you said, someone would see it on a story and tell the <laughs> principal, just like, oh, like, rat on him or something. Yeah, but honestly, Ferris seems too cool to, like, post on, like, stories, you know? He's one of those guys that just doesn't use social media. No, he he's doesn't. so cool. Yeah, he's too <laughs> cool. He's L-I-B-I-N. Exactly. I mean, I kind of feel like Sloan would be the type of girl who'd like to post on her Instagram story and just, you know, like she's definitely like, I feel like a little bit dating like Ferris because she's just the cool guy. So mm-hmm. I can see her just kind of being like a social, social climber trying to get up there. But who knows? I mean, 10 know, out of 10 wanted to be prom queen or yeah. cared too much about being prom queen. Yeah, no, I would definitely liken her to like the like girl that like every weekend posts the same exact Snapchat story, you which know? is which is just her hanging out with her friends. Oh no way! They're, like they're doing the same thing in the same basement, but you know, hey, would Sloan be on spring break during the coronavirus? Yes, these are the important 100%. questions, Jack. Yeah, I, I think she would be. So I mean, I think that that's another cool thing too. Is, you know. There's a, a classic scene in the movie where it's like, oh, I heard, you know, my cousin's boyfriend's girlfriend mm-hmm. say that Ferris Bueller, you know, passed out 31 flavors. And I feel like a lot of during this coronavirus, you hear a lot of stories where it's that, oh, my dentist's, you know, my dentist's brother says that the government is going to shut us down. <laughs> <laughs> Something along those lines. There's a lot of Ferris Bueller stuff going on right now. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, getting back to the point, I feel like she definitely would be, you know, with her sorority sisters once she's at college, obviously, because yeah. uh, you, know, you don't go to spring break other than that. But yeah, she'd be she'd be one of those girls who'd be uh, definitely on the beach, you know, just chilling out there and trying to get those, you know, likes on Instagram. And then she'll obviously be saving up her photos for, you know, posting it on during coronavirus get the likes and saying just wishing I could go back to see <laughs> the classic like Instagram story missing this right now you wait it out you you catch up on the hours of Netflix that everyone admits oh I've got so many shows to catch yeah. up guess fucking what you can catch up on them now well, like, I, I just love like the tweets where it's just like you know coronavirus really exposing that my like life is really not being changed by the coronavirus right now <laughs> like but also also I think I think okay we can't throw Sloan under the bus because Ferris Bueller would definitely be out on spring break like too like I just think that there's no way he wouldn't be sure I mean I guess the whole live in the moment. The live in the yeah. moment movement might clash hard with a uh, social distancing he's, movement. He, Very, I mean, he, he's definitely the kid on the beach saying, you know, if I get it, I get it. Exactly. <laughs> like, you know, that's like, just he, he walks away, you know, completely free. But you know, Cameron gets dragged along the beach, yeah. and then he's definitely like gets coronavirus like two weeks later. Like <sighs> it's like he like he gives it to his like grandma, and his grandma's like super sick, and oh. he's just like. Fuck you. Like, you're trying to do something fun, but no, you, you end up making my entire family sick. No, I def so like, okay, a little background. I, I do not consider myself going on spring break during coronavirus, but, 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 <laughs> so I did, I was on spring break in, in Tampa. Then it happened. Okay. okay. Name the dates. 
Okay, so I got to Tampa on the Monday before everything happened. What does everything happen? Well, everything happened on the Thursday. Thursday it was the, or Thursday. I, I don't know the exact date. I mean, it was like Thursday, like the like what, like the twelfth or something like that is when like everything shut down. Okay, and so I'd already been in Florida for three days, and we didn't. We just like thought it was like, oh, it's going to be all right. Not we didn't. We didn't. We no orders by the government was in place whatsoever. Pleading innocence, I like. Yeah, that. but I mean, I was just saying. But definitely, like once that Thursday happened, like there was definitely like I have friends that were definitely like, oh, we got to go to the beach, and I was definitely like Cameron, like, do we though? Like, I mean, I'm fine. I was uh, one of the last days before New York got really shut down. I think it was the Wednesday or it was the Tuesday, the Tuesday of that week. Uh, I recognized that like I had tickets to a comedy club. So I went with a buddy to uh, the comedy cellar in New York and uh, literally right next to me were two people from London who got on a red eye that day because they're like, oh, yeah, like, yeah, take advantage of the madness. I'm like, I, I was trying very much not to be judgy, but I was you. being kind of judgy. Oh, you, you know, what's the best thing to do during a pandemic? <laughs> take <Correct>. advantage. <laughs> well, they're probably yeah, stuck I mean, in New York. For me, like, I've, I've been living this corona stuff since God, early, early January, basically, I mean, just background. I, oh, I went yeah. to Asia in yeah, from yeah. January twelfth or something, and I mean, pretty much. I was. I remember like the first time I really heard of it. I was five miles away from the Chinese border, and we're like, "Ah, oh, it's no big deal." <laughs> and then you know, and then like I'm going down, you know, just going throughout Asia, gallivanting across, and then I think it's certain gallivanting. Yeah, I mean that's pretty much what I was doing. <laughs> Sorry, I, just mean, I, made, I made friends with a rock star. I mean, I did. I, I did a lot. Of cool another po- another another podcast, Jack. That's for another yeah. podcast. Um, <laughs> podcast number 33, Jack's Trip Through Asia. <laughs> I can tell you. Let me tell you. Uh, you know, the, the beaches of Kopipi in Thailand. Oh, my God. But, yeah, I mean, getting back to the point here, uh, I mean, I've been living this for so long. So, like, I remember, you know, we were in a airport and we're wearing Max as a joke to get on Friday beers, the Instagram. So we thought it was really funny. Um, and then at a certain point, we're like, all right, thank God we're out of you know Asia because we thought that that was it. And then and, uh, like, two weeks later, I mean, so I saw like the severity there because like, you know, you're, you're with all the Chinese people. Um, and like, there was like, you know, not the, 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 Thai, the Thai people were really mean about it. And they were like, no Chinese people allowed here. Like they'd have a sign in the restaurants. You felt bad for the people because they weren't doing anything wrong. Um, but yeah, so I mean, I've been living through it, so I kind of knew the severity of it. But I mean, I just always was like, oh, who cares? I'll keep gallivanting across. <laughs> now I'm yeah. stuck gallivanting in my room. <laughs> much, <laughs> much less surface area to gallivant. Uh, yeah. yeah, I feel two, like gallivanting definitely you need some surface area. Yeah, space. you know. <laughs> two takeaways from that story. One, it feels like it probably feels like the same for you. I don't know, but like it feels like years ago when I remember you being on that trip. Like it just feels like ages ago. Uh, and then the second thing being, Jack, I'm glad you took, you very much took the, uh, took it very conservatively on that impression of the Thailandish people <laughs> or of the Thai people talking about the Chinese. So, yeah, uh, very, no, that's like, that's like actually the sign. I'm not saying like, it was like, I'm not trying to do impression there. It was just like, they were doing like broken English, be like, no Chinese people here. That's, that's what the sign said. It wasn't trying to. Okay, uh, good. That, that's what I mean. That. Also, also to all of our Thai listeners, because there are many. Um, We do not mean this as an attack against you guys. Exactly. This was just anecdotal evidence that was factual that Jack brought up. Yeah. (laughs) Um, Are you ready to move on to favorite scenes? Yeah, we can do that. I guess. You guess? Yeah. No, I just just think it is pretty crazy that that was. uh, 
Well, because like, fun fact, you said my birthday when you said the day so is January 12th. And I'm like, wow, like I had like two months of legitimate school, like, which feels like forever ago, like after that. Yeah. Like, I, mean, I feel like my life's been like split up. I mean, I went to Asia. I mean, I graduated college, so I did college last year. Victory lap? Go home for a month, do that, the, you know, living at home by myself, not seeing anybody really. Then go to Asia, see, you know, four, three different countries. Uh, and then I start a job, and then now I'm stuck in my house. So it's really four different phases, really changing, and who knows what happens next. Wow. wow. Seriously. Seriously. <laughs> Live in the moment. Uh, wait, when did you, when did you, did you graduate really like early in uh, last year? No, I, I so I, I graduated in December. In December, okay. So, so then you spent a month home, then you left for Thailand, you yeah. said January. Yeah, so I, I was home for like pretty much like a month, um, which was cool. I got to live, you know, back in the burbs, get to hang out and I'll see all the, you know, places that Ferris used to hang out at. So, uh, <laughs> all the frequents. Drive on the ravines pretty much like every day. That was, that was my mood. <laughs> so just drive, just head down to the ravines and just drive, man. Just drive. Let Next thing know. you know, you're all the way up at Lake Bluff. Who cares? Yeah, I mean that's yeah, that's what it is. You, you know, you have like Oli there in the car. Like Oli's the best. Like you know, he's like that. Like I guess we're talking about how Oli's kind of that Ferris Bueller guy. But he was like the, the epitome of the ravines. You know, the epitome of the ravines. It's like you do the ravine one way, and then you go back in the highway and loop it around. But, you know, <laughs> I did. Uh, Good times, I did hear that that was his nickname. It was Jack the Ravines Oli. <laughs> if you distill the ravines into a single individual, you get Jack Oli. Nothing was, nothing was, I mean, it, he was also the biggest proponent just because we would literally, like, we'd be, like I said, we would be going home from a party. I'm you know, not late, like, it's high school party, so we'd be going home at, like, yeah, midnight or something. It's like, all right, we're oh. heading home from the party. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I was, I was. The party for, like, 10 minutes, and it's like. slamming other people on the streets, people getting oh. locked into cars, screaming. Jack, Jack is just going through the greatest hits of our party moments, but this is yeah. awesome. I mean, all, all four of our greatest parties. <laughs> I think I've named all, every single one. <laughs> uh, yeah, and we uh, already, uh, freaking listeners of the podcast will know on episode two, already mentioned uh, the I- infamous Instagram handle uh, of mine that thankfully John brought up, uh, yeah. is the alcohol here yet, which is, Jack, isn't that such a classic high school sentiment? Yeah, I was actually just going through my phone recently. I found a picture of you with like a case of beer, like three years into the party, being like, you know, I think it was like, I don't know where it is. And you have like definitely the two random fringe guys who are like not, you know, your friends, but they always showed up and they never brought any beer. And then you have like that one case of beer and it's always like bush light. It's, uh, and it's only so, one. <laughs> yeah, and it's like you definitely like you have like all five guys drinking and then like everyone else is being a deep. They have to go to five different towns. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think there's anything like more classic of like a high school night of like somebody goes out and buys and there's like fi- there's like twelve people in the basement, but only like three people are dr- are drinking actually. Yes. Just like oh, like that was just, like because like you the get driver there. to drinker ratio. Well, like you get there and you're like oh I'm like it's a, oh, it's a weekend like I'm gonna drink like this is great I don't have to drive and you get there and it's you and two other people drinking and it's just like. Like, ah, oh, like, the, the North Shore, here. everyone yeah. decided to just bring their own car. <laughs> yeah, it's just like, like oh, it's like 10 Jeeps in the entire 
behind, uh, you know, the driveway and the street. Like, park, park, park it, park in the park. next street over. <laughs> yeah, don't want to, don't want to gather attention. Don't you know, attention. But it's just like, oh yeah, like I gotta head, like I gotta head back earlier. Like, oh, I can't go for another thirty minutes, so I'll just drive. Like, it's just like, ah, oh, goddamn. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, Jack, I'm going to need you to send me that photo afterwards. I, I yeah, love Neil. Pretty good. Neil. I, have, I have some good photos. I just like, saw it. I was like, wow, that is so surprising. I still have them. Yeah, the, corona, so. the coronavirus is definitely a good time for going through the old like group me log or the old uh, the old uh, photo album. Yeah, I, I like to go, I mean, you know, pitying the Ferris Bueller, just kind of enjoying what you had and just going back and reflecting on those moments because I think it kind of puts it, uh, you know, I'm trying to get back to the movie a little bit, but. He uh, talks about how, you know, like him and Cameron, you know, they've been best friends, but this is this is it for them. And, uh, you know, I don't like I think that it happens to a lot of your friends or, you know, whether it be college, high school or just, you know, whatever. Is, you don't really realize that last moment you're going to be together. You know, people go separate ways. Uh, so, you know, it is kind of to enjoy the moment with your friends and just catch up and stuff. And I think that's what a good time for this is just because. Uh, you, know, you just, you just got to appreciate the moment because you don't know when it's going to change or something like that. You but, never know yeah, when. So I, I like going, I guess, getting back to that point, I, just, I like looking through photos and just reliving some of those memories, especially from you know the early friendships I haven't talked to and appreciated as much lately. Yeah, I mean, and especially we have to look back and like realize like this is like, this is 86 was the film, so you have to assume it's the 80s. So like, like they don't have like group me's or text messages, stuff like that, or group texts and stuff like that. So like, it's not you like have to us. assume it's 1986. Yeah, you have to assume this. They don't have this futuristic <laughs> technology <laughs> at the time. Yeah, exactly. But I mean, I mean, it's like I'm sure, like, like I knew I do. I still have like like big group texts with my high, with people from high school. I know you guys have your, your like big group texts as well. I mean, so it's just like so they don't, they they didn't have that. They didn't have like Instagram, Facebook, Snapchat, anything like that. So I mean, for them that like it honestly like it still means stuff with us. So like, I can I can only imagine what it would feel like for like Ferris when he's like talking about stuff like that. You, know? you never know when the last time you're going to meet John Poyntons is. That's all I have to say. <laughs> I still remember the last day that I was, you know, getting knuck- knuckles to John Lyons. <laughs> John, if you're listening on the pod, can't wait to see you at the five-year uh, five reunion. Yeah, that five-year reunion is going to be a big moment in time. I mean... I hope big I, names from the past. I just can't wait to stun on everyone. Honestly, it's like it's like a stun on everyone. It's like the uh, it's it's like a commercial for like for like some sort of uh, charity event. All the big names are here. <laughs> <laughs> All the big names you got: Sabrina Tall. You uh, got Brian Bavelsack. <laughs> uh, <laughs> oh, DJ, DJ, if you're listening to the pod, glad, glad to have you listening. And uh, I can only assume you're still at Southern Methodist University right now. So I uh, have fun uh, riding out the coronavirus. Uh, yeah, I don't like this DJ guy. I don't know him, but. All great people. He was a quarterback in our year. Oh, was he like the, the like really bad one? Well, I mean, like. Yeah, he was the bad one, wasn't he? He got, he got hurt, then benched. Oh, he got hurt. Quotation marks on hurt. I don't know. I I, I just remember there being like one better, like really bad quarterback when I well, was. He wasn't in really bad. He was just like he was like a okay, whatever. I, I'm not I'm not gonna die <laughs> on the hill gonna, of yeah. defending. Uh, another person yeah, that will take shots out out of security. Yeah. There's already multiple 
multiple Loyola football podcasts that talk about the history of Loyola Academy football. So we don't want to uh, go into the market share of their space. Yeah, we don't want to step on their turf. Wait, are, are, you, are, you, are you joking or is that an actual thing? <laughs> There's actually like three Loyola football <laughs> Are they I mean, all? There's like, I think I, I shit you not. I think there's like probably ten podcasts in the school. There's like a ministry podcast. There's oh, okay. the Father McGrath podcast. There's the football mm. podcast. There's the athletic podcast. Like, there's a lot of podcasts. Like, uh, right now in the Loyola sphere, it's not that big of a school. Like, <laughs> yeah. yeah, maybe one podcast, but ten. I don't know. Are they all like? Are they faculty run or are they like student run? I, th- I think a few are student-run, so okay. I don't, I mean, cool. I- I'm not an avid listener. I've seen people then pop yeah. up on my Facebook page, but uh, I know I know there is a football podcast for sure, and I know there's a Father McGrath podcast. Father McGrath uh, has been stepping on our turf for far too long. <laughs> <laughs> this is the Stealing podcast. our viewers. ...that determines what the recommender is, like, into the foxhole, and... <laughs> they're like the same market exactly. yeah no he's been There's stealing a, our viewers the venn, the venn diagram between father mcgrath listeners and into the foxhole listeners is just one circle, it's a circle. <laughs> exactly this is the podcast you know some would say other podcasts are too scared to attack father mcgrath yeah not this podcast no, I, will, I will stand up and uh attack him i mean this is what it's all about is being you know uh Politically correct. I mean, not politically correct. Uh, taking, you know, that's how people get famous in the podcast world. You mean, you know, you gotta go on Joe Rogan and smoke weed. So, attacking <laughs> Father McGrath is pretty much the same as, you know, a uh, Fortune Fortune 500 uh, CEO smoking weed. So, just, you know, we're, we're, we're being controversial here. We're, yeah. we're saving up all our hot takes. You know, I've, I, I, I feel like we've had some hot takes. You know, us going against Big Caffeine has been a big staple of this podcast. Since they won. Since against they Big won Caffeine. Against Big Caffeine. Very anti-caffeine here. Um, but, uh. Yeah, Father McGrath, Joe Rogan, wherever you two are, our podcast, we will show no mercy. And what is a podcast all about? An anonymous forum to shit on people. <laughs> yeah, that, that's why we do what we do. So, rather than add someone else to the list. <laughs> the list. It will grow. It will grow. Yeah. Yeah. Organically over yeah, time. Exactly. We, we have many people who are going to make our list. Yeah, we don't, I, I want to point that out. We don't have like a list of people we attack before a show. It's, it's, it just happens organically. It just happens when like grievances arise. And know? ultimately, it's like Stone Cold. He's yeah. got a list and everyone's on it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's, not his, it's not his Christmas card list. <laughs> uh, favorite scenes. Uh, John, I feel like the most debated part of our podcast, the most contentious part, besides when we're tearing Father McGrath a new one, yeah. the most contentious part is deciding the order of favorite scenes for us. Yeah, obviously. We're all like people. So like we all like the same things. And so some of the scenes will get a... Uh, I think we should start with a precedent right here. We should always have the guest go first. Yeah, guest goes first. I go last. Ooh. Yeah, really? I, think, I think for me at least, yeah. my uh, favorite scene is like the, obviously the parade scene. Mm-hmm. And it's just like funny. It's not like even like the song, but just the way the people are dancing in that <laughs> scene. You've got like... You've got like the people who are like all synced up dancing, like like you know going sideways. You've got the guy just like doing like this ten foot backflip, and it's like <laughs> all the people are going nuts. And it's just a really funny scene to watch. It's like how does a kid you know get on top of this parade? Like also <laughs> another point hole in the story. <laughs> freaking German parade happening on a Tuesday afternoon. You're crazy. What do you think Ferris is going to do? 
can be a frightful convenience. Exactly. No, yeah. I think with the so the parade is the Von Steuben Day parade mm-hmm. for those that don't know. And I mean, I've like when I was watching it the recently with my cynical view towards Ferris for most of the movie, I think the big turning point for Ferris is the parade because it's just it like like you said, Jack. It's so much fun. pure, unadulterated. Fun. Yeah, I mean, like at the at the end of Twist and Shout, you literally just like have just like this huge mosh of people just like they're going down. I don't even know what street they're going down in the film, but whatever they're going down, it's just it's it's great. You have Cameron and Sloane yeah. to the side, like ah, oh, Ferris, you goof, you know, oh, you goof. <laughs> like you you done goofed again, Ferris. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I think that's a very good. That's got to be one of the favorite scenes of the movie. Yeah, and it's shocking that we didn't really touch on it uh, that much in the movie. As like I would say, Jackie, uh, agree with me or not, but like that this is like the parade is one of the lasting images people have of the movie. Even people who aren't that familiar with the movie or haven't seen it that much, or even haven't seen it, yeah. are probably familiar with the parade scene. 
Yeah, I think that's like the the biggest scene in Chicago. And it's pretty much like, I, in my opinion, that kind of feel like the climax of the movie a little bit because yeah. mm-hmm. they're building up to all these crazy things, and then it kind of goes downhill. He's like going home, and he's going back to the suburbs. It's not as exciting. So for me, you know, uh, that that's kind of like the biggest moment in the film. Yeah, I I totally agree. Uh, I think I think uh, just because, it, like I said, it's the most po- it's the most poignant. It's the most like kind of uh, lasting image. Uh, it's, it is that way for a reason. It's a, it's a great, uh, definitely lasting scene. And like you guys both said, pure unadulterated fun. Mm-hmm. My favorite scene, um, I guess I was kind of, I was kind of a little bit going back and forth on favorite scenes and stuff like that. Shout outs to some of my favorite scenes would definitely be, uh, like we talked about the Charlie Sheen scene. Yeah. Charlie Sheen scene. I think that's funny, especially with the ending with him making out with, uh, <laughs> with, with Genie. Jerry, with Genie. Uh, I think that's hilarious. Also a little bit of like, it's got a little bit of heart in it where Sheen is actually saying like, why do you worry so much and stuff like yeah. that? So it's kind of like nice. He Ferris's um, uh, Genie. Yeah. Kind of, you know, <laughs> he Ferris's Genie. <laughs> yeah. Verb. Um, Another one is definitely uh, the ending scene is awesome uh, with Dave Bao Bao, which unfortunately we haven't talked about Dave Bao Bao much. The the I forget what do you know what the name of the song is? Research Department. Ooh. Yeah, <laughs> iconic uh, songs in the phone. Oh, yeah, that, that is good. Uh, so, but I was thinking about that, but that, that I guess it wasn't like that much substance. Not my favorite. I have to say honestly, and this is something we talked about a lot. I think my favorite scene, and the scene I think is honestly the funniest, is the conversation between Cameron and the principal and the principal's assistant, where Cameron <laughs> is pretending to be um, Sloane's dad. I think he's pretending to be Sloane's yeah, dad. Is. Uh, that is hilarious. That back and forth where. Um, <laughs> where the principal thinks that it's Ferris pretending to be yeah. Sloane's dad and then slowly finding out that Ferris is calling on the other line <laughs> and then him and the secretary or the assistant both being like, oh my God, what's happening? And like I already mentioned, the best scene where it's just like, pardon my French, but I think you're an asshole. Yeah. The, the accent, hilarious. Also the scene that's kind of added on to that scene where Ferris picks up Sloane uh, at in the Ferrari, uh, and they start making out, and the people are like, "Wait, is that supposed to be huge plot hole? Huge <laughs> yeah, plot hole with that one? Like, because like you have literally the dean of students, you have seize. literally sees them just full on. However, it makes make out. However, in that defense, he's already gotten embarrassed once, so he's probably like tail between his legs because he doesn't want to say anything because he already got like pantsed by Ferris. Yeah. Okay. But would the, okay, but he's still, but at this point he's still suspicious that Ferris is involved. Sure. And he knows that Ferris and this girl are going out. Listen, I'm just trying to plug a plug. I know, plug. but you can't. <laughs> uh, anyways, I think that back and forth is the funniest part of the movie. Uh, and I guess, yeah, that, that, that's my favorite scene. John, Kick it over to you. Yeah, I just want to. I just want to thank you for mentioning like three scenes. Really, <laughs> my ability to trying to take all your scene. trying to take all your thunder. First thing I want to point out is so Cameron's house in the movie is in Highland Park. Yes. Do you know where Ferris's house is? It's in Monaco, isn't it? It's in California. Oh, what? <laughs> yeah, I, I don't. I don't know. They, why. they were the only place that had computers. <laughs> like, I, I don't get like why like you have the entire movie in. You know Chicago, Chicago, and then you have Ferris's house in Long Beach. What? Okay. Yeah, I just thought that was weird. No, I, that definitely is weird. Um. Okay. So my 
My favorite scene in the movie, what I was going to say, is the scene that you sort of touched on. You can say it. Well, I'm still, yeah, I'm going to say it. <laughs> like, uh, you can you say change. it. I'm just saying, you sort of took a little thunder. But it is the Charlie Sheen scene. Yes. Because, well, first off, I think just the whole interaction between, in the police, uh, in like the police station is pretty, pretty hilarious. Because first off, you have Jeannie call the police saying that she has an intruder in, in, in her house. Yeah. And their response is, you're lying. <laughs> like like you're lying very <laughs> like, victim shaming like yeah no she's just like somebody's in the house they don't even go like she has to go to the station and they and they call her mom and like pretty much tattle on her for staying at home they narc yeah they're narcs i mean i guess they're cops but like they don't even <laughs> they're cops interesting <laughs> I mean, question can cops be narcs they're, they're already cops they're already cops exactly yeah. but on. i mean so like so that I, I just think the whole interaction between her and her and Charlie Sheen. It's sort of like it's sort of her like moment of this like oh coming to realization of like what's important. Yeah. And then it's just I, I really like think it is hilarious when she's like leaving. He goes like what's your name? And she goes my I'm, my name is Jean, but my friends call me Shauna. And like she has never once <laughs> been that? called Shauna throughout this Shauna entire at all film. throughout the rest of the film. <laughs> yeah. So I just I, I thought that scene's kind of funny. Classic trying to be cool. Uh John, I I feel like I've said this before, but uh, great answers. No wrong answers here. No wrong answers. No wrong answers on favorite scene. Mm-hmm. Um, what I would a, what... like to have one uh, honorable mention, though, is that we haven't talked about this, and I won't go too much into it. But speak uh, plain, we, child. We did mention the you know probably the most famous name that is not a fictional name that never actually appears in a film, just the name itself, and people know what it means. Abe Froman, the Sausage King. Yes, <laughs> yes. I mean, you know, I, that, that's just a name that, like, you could say, oh, Abe Froman, and then someone else who's never seen is like, oh, the Sausage King of Chicago? Like, <laughs> people just know that. Like, it's, it's you know, it's never, you know, famous film, uh, film character. Like, you just, the name. Yeah, that that, that is pretty funny. Uh, one of my coworkers, uh, was last name Froman and she <laughs> she had she had uh she was talking about she had like an Abe Froman sausage shirt and stuff like that. Oh, uh, well, you have to, I feel like you buy sausage king it. Of yeah, the sausage. Yeah. <laughs> you're telling me you are the sausage the king, king of, of Chicago. Chicago. Exactly. Uh sausage king. I was just thinking of Tiger King, but no free pub on the podcast. Yeah, that's 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 a whole different a whole other podcast. No. Maybe episode three hundred of the podcast is Tiger King. Uh, I refuse to watch the Tiger King. We'll see. We'll, we'll see, see how long I how long I hold out, but you yeah. know. Well, you already know what happens. So yeah, everybody knows what happens. Everyone knows it's what happens. Pretty long. Uh, wow, guys, you can say Ferris goes on his own journey, both physical and metaphorical. I think we went on a journey in this podcast, a journey of friendship. Uh, yeah, I, I, I this I think this might be also like a Chicago bias, but I when this movie comes to mind, like the one third I, one word I think of is classic. Mm-hmm. Again, just because it could possibly because you know being from Chicago, this is the quintessential Chicago movie. Um, but I still think like in its in the way it's shot, in its just overall joy, the happiness, the themes, the timelessness. I think classic is just a great way to sum up the movie. And you know, getting it, being able to revisit it, talk about it, talk about how like it's funny because like you know, Ferris is we are all have graduated high school, so we can kind of look with like Ferris's role with a little bit of hindsight, which also makes it obviously like, you know, first time I think I first saw this movie, probably I saw this movie probably a little bit later, probably when I was like 14, 15. So mm-hmm. like I, not, not something that I was definitely like grown up, like constantly, constantly watching, but now kind of watching it when I'm older, definitely a little bit more of kind of hindsight. And it's fun to read these things. And I think it's movies like these that 
they execute its theme so well and its theme runs so true because of the earnestness of the movie that it really does leave you feeling like we've all kind of said, man, we should enjoy the moment. And Jack made an impassioned speech earlier in the, an impassioned impromptu monologue in the middle of the podcast earlier, talking about how that kind of, we should take that kind of lesson to heart now that in, in the current situation that we're in kind of now and, uh, living every moment, kind of appreciating every moment, appreciating all the moments we're able to be together with friends, family, we're able to contact friends and family. We're so lucky kind of in this crisis to be able to have the technology to talk to other friends, even if we're physically isolated. Uh, so honestly, I didn't even think about that when I was coming to the podcast, but this podcast and this movie idea is perfect for this moment in time. Yeah, I mean, I'm thinking about just kind of, you know, I mean, Will and I don't get to see each other uh, that often anymore, but mm-hmm. I think I try to, uh, you know, enjoy the moments. We went to Mardi Gras together and I had a blast, but uh, even, you know, this conversation, I think, uh, really will show kind of the stand of time. You have, you know, the physical recording of it. I mean, you know, typical Friday night, uh, pre-corona, I'd be out on the bars and uh, <laughs> doing my thing. Doing my um, thing. <laughs> yeah, you know, just picking up so many chicks <laughs> drinking so many beers uh, but uh, yeah so I mean I, I just think it's good to you know, you know try something new and change things up and uh, appreciate and connect with some old friends but uh, yeah I mean I guess on a final note for me I think what really stands about this movie is that even though I'm not a true Chicagoan as some would people would claim <laughs> you know, um, I mean I think it really shows like when I tell people I'm from Chicago um this, this movie is like my perfect example of why, because it shows, you know, summertime Chicago kind of, uh, and it just shows how awesome the city is, how much there is to do. Um, and I think it really makes me proud to be there. I still, to this day, whenever someone says, uh, you know, like, where's your favorite city in the world? And I still think it's summertime Chicago because there's just so much to do. Um, so it just makes me proud, and I'm super proud about being from that area um, and just enjoy every moment I can get there, so. Yeah, and so we um so for like for my class for like my, back in college the, the seniors in my fraternity they all like give like a little speech at the end of their time and during one of the kid who went to Loyola I don't know if you guys know him Gerard Rux shout out to Gerard Rux on the podcast if you're listening but he on his speech he he like gave a little thing that said like if you're not if you're from the Chicago suburbs and you say you're from Chicago stop and I felt there was a personal attack on me <laughs> at this point but I think. As Ferris Bueller is Days Off has to be the pinnacle Chicago movie. It, it legitimizes, you know, the people from the suburbs. The I suburbs. Think. I think it really does because if if this is the Chicago movie, which I don't think anyone anyone would complain about, I the guess, Dark Knight, the, <laughs> <laughs> Chicago is Gotham, you know. But exactly. I mean, I mean, you could say maybe Blues Brother or like something like that. But like, a, I mean, Home like, Alone, maybe another yeah. suburb movie. Yeah, that's just a suburb. Movie. Candles. Another suburb movie. Yeah, exactly. I was gonna say another John Hughes film, but pretty much this is the Mean only. Girls, another suburb movie. This is like the only like John Hughes movie that like is like city. That like, that, city that, that's that's got the city stuff in it. I mean, did he do Fugitive? I don't think he did Fugitive. <laughs> he may John. have done Fugitive. I don't know. Fugitive um, is another Harrison Ford Chicago movie, classic. but I mean, yeah, Ferris Bueller's Day Off is the. It's when you think of Chicago movies, this is the number one thing that comes to mind. And by the transit property, like you said, it's a suburb movie, then it is. And it is. Suburbs it equals is. Chicago. <laughs> it's, it's in Highland Park. <laughs> like, exactly. I mean, like, there's, there's, there's no Open your eyes, sheeple. You know? 
And so I really, I really enjoy because like I never even really thought about that until today. Yeah. So now, like whenever anybody like comes out against me, I'm you have the number one defense. Yeah, that's a good. I think Jack made a good point of that. Like this, like what are you going to say to that? What are you going to say to Ferris Bueller? Exactly. Who's going to take a shot? Yeah, take your shot. I dare you to go go after Ferris Bueller. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Just, just see how that works for you. You know. Well, in terms of revisiting a movie. Learning new things about the movie, learning new things about ourselves, and learning new things about our identity. I would say a successful podcast, John. Oh, very. I I am definitely like I'm feeling myself right now. Exactly. <laughs> like, in, in reference exactly. to being Chicago. <laughs> exactly. Definitely feeling the 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 giardia or the peppers like coursing through the veins. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, Jack, I just want to thank you again for joining us on the podcast. Honestly, just so much. You can't not have fun talking about this movie and. Uh, Great suggestion, and it was uh, just so much fun revisiting it, covering all the territories, uh, talking about the great moments we've had together, talking about who our next targets are. <laughs> you know, uh, just thanks again for being oh, on the podcast. Yeah. <laughs> all right, and, uh, it was a pleasure being here, and uh, hopefully down the line there might be a uh, part two to uh, the discussion of uh, is – is the suburbs of you know the North Shore part of Chicago? Ooh, <laughs> well, you know whose side I'm going to be on in that. Uh. Yeah, I think I think we'd have to bring in some more people. Definitely, <laughs> I mean, because we have three biased people, but like that yeah, could have, that... Uh, you know panelists such as Wildwood Ed. Pictures <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Chicago. When yeah, we exactly. when we get Wildwood Ed on the podcast, that's how we ju- that's when we jump the shark. Yeah, that's when we monetize. <laughs> that's, when we, <laughs> that's when we start monetizing. That's when we sell out. Uh, John. Thanks, as always, for joining me. As always, you know where to find me. Exactly. Well, for Jack and John, Will here, signing off. Are you reeling in the east? Stowing away the time. Are you gathering at the tees? Have you had enough of mine? Are you reeling in the east? Stowing away the time. I still don't know.